San Diego Padres are known for trading and accumulating all sorts of superstars. But today we're talking about the little guys, the up and coming guys with none other than one of the greatest to ever do it when it comes to the prospect stuff. I'm being joined by for probably the 18th time uh, on this podcast, Mr. Arm Layton. Hold on. <clears throat> Here we go. Co-founder of JustBaseball.com. Co-host of the Just Baseball show. Co- or no, main host of the Call Up a lot, uh, Just Baseball podcast, which is about prospects and stuff. He's written for a bunch of places, including Fish on the Fish Stripes. I forgot sure. the name of it. Uh, <laughs> for SB Nation and a bunch of other plays. Used to host Lockdown Marlins. You've heard him before on this show. Arm, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Um, excited. Always pumped to talk about the Padre system. I got to think that, I'll be honest, that might have been the worst. Uh, that might have been your worst intro for me in a while. I know, um, right? It, it, I, I kind of want to redo you, it you almost, forget, to be honest gonna, with you. <laughs> you can ditch the old stuff. Just just baseball, call up. Uh-huh. And uh, I mean, I'm always here for a fish stripe shout out. I love what, what they're doing. But now it's fish on first. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're doing their own thing over there for the Marlins folks. But we're here to talk Padres and uh, I'm excited because you can say what you want. We talked about this before we we hit record. Say what you want about AJ Prower. That dude can draft and that dude can identify talent and he can replenish a farm system. I wouldn't say as fast as he can deplete it because that Juan Soto trade was, you know, all-time uh, quickness in terms of being able to, you know, export prospects. But again, I mean, you got Juan Soto. But the way that he's able to rebuild a farm is remarkable. And I've kind of learned a lot about the way – certain teams evaluate players and specifically what AJ Prower looks for in players and you know, why he's so good at what he does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we're going to talk all about it guys. Just a quick reminder. Today's episode is brought to you by birddogs.com. Go to birddogs.com slash lockdown MLB to enter the promo code lockdown MLB for a free white tech hat with any order. That's right. Last time they were given free tumblers. Now you've got you a free white tech hat. So go check that out. You won't take off your bird dogs. We promise you. And today's episode, guys, it's fun. I mean, look, you're right. Uh, I mean, you're you're always right about this stuff. Um, and it's always fun to talk about you um, about prospects because I think that it's just one of those sleeping giant topics where you don't always talk about it, obviously during the regular season. Um, but this is this is your game. Uh, this is this is a lad who is about as nerdy into the prospect world as I am about Marvel or video game stuff, right? Like so. I'm really happy to have you on the show. And yeah, maybe next time I'll like make up some things that you did um, as part of your intro, maybe that, that, to, just to mix it up. But before we get into it, man, we have to do it just to, to prove your acumen and to explain to people why I started the hive. All right. Luis Campizano. Oh my gosh. It's been, it's, it's been a journey. This yeah. man has been uh, uh, the top overall prospect. He was like the number five or six once upon a time, once upon a time, the first crossover we ever did. He was your honorable mention guy to look at in our farm system. And then he got called up to pinch hit for some reason against Kenley Jansen. And it didn't go well. He gets sent back down. He gets arrested for uh, a possession of marijuana. I'm pretty sure in Georgia, yeah. all the sorts of stuff. He gets that stuff. Then he doesn't play for a year that he struggles. And now here he is rocking, I believe, a WRC plus of like 138 currently. Yep. Hit two home runs the other day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely on fire. And he's not even the primary catcher. We've also got Gary, but this is about Campizano. Sir, I mean, it's just, it took a while though. It took yeah. a while, but he's finally here. 
It does though. And, and you, you talked about like, like the, the whole arc and there was like some injuries, you know, riddled in there as well. <laughs> and it's just one of those things where you look at so many different, like Brett Beatty just got optioned back down to, to triple a with the Mets, you know, third baseman who I think was, you know, one of the safer bats in the minor leagues. I still think Brett Beatty is going to be very good, but people are just, we have so much confirmation mm-hmm. bias of like top prospect comes up and yeah. succeed. We remember the Corbin Carroll's way more than we forget the, the Brett Beatty's and, you know, some of the other, most of the prospects that come up and struggle. Even Ellie Dula Cruz lights the world on fire, but you look at the last, 30, 40 games, you know, he's been going through it. It's normal. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Major League Baseball is extremely difficult. And then you mm-hmm. compound the the catching side of it where you're trying to endear yourself to big league pitchers and, you know, get them to want yeah. to throw to you and, and do mm-hmm. your job well behind the dish because, you know, any almost any major league team is going to tell you that the offense comes secondary. But the offense never did come secondary for Camposano because that was kind of his calling card. He was always a pretty good, passable defensively, but – it was always about the bat, right? That he became a top prospect by putting up a 148 WRC plus in 2019 in high A by hitting 15 mm-hmm. home runs at that level and walking as much as he struck out. It wasn't like, oh, look at the framing. Uh, look at the way he's calling games. So it, this was one of those things where I think there was some pressure on the bat. He was put in some positions to, to fail with the bat, uh, given you, you talked about the pinch hitting, the sporadic starts and things like that. Um, and also had to experiment and tinker a little bit. And I think he found some things with his setup. I think he found some things with his swing. And this is a guy that I've always really liked, both when you watch him swing it and you look at the underlying data, the stuff beneath the hood. It, none of it really added up for him to struggle the way he did. Uh, and, and look, is he going to hit this way the entire year? Maybe not. But I think it's very convincing here that Camposano can be the, the catcher of the future here and, and a legitimate offensive piece for them. Moving forward, I, I think this guy is really finally settling in and figuring things out. Yeah, and especially I think for the catcher position too, um, mm-hmm. which is just—I mean, I mean, yeah, I know everyone's going to bring up Adley Rutschman, but like that's the only major catcher prospect that I can remember in in a while that was like, oh, this guy's going to be pretty good immediately. And not to mention just in general. I mean, you know, people might not remember now, but like Bryce Harper didn't immediately become Bryce Harper. He was great. And yeah. that's the exception, but he still struggled a little bit to start. Wander Franco, his second season after everyone freaked out because he had a good 40 games and everyone yelled at me in our Just Baseball chat because I didn't want to draft him in the first round of fantasy baseball. Yeah. Like, he has a rough second year, and now he's great, right? C.J. Yeah. Abrams, uh, former Padres prospect. He's just rolling now. Yeah, he's just starting to roll. So I just think that it's so important to remember that most prospects, yeah, you've got like those golden egg top 10 guys, um, Bobby Witt Jr., who is only starting to come on fire now. Shouts to old buddy Ryland Styles, who was complaining about you ranking, yes. by the way, as the top prospect. And now, yeah. now he's killing it, of course. Yeah. Um, but aside from those golden egg guys, like it's going to take time. So, you know, and, and people get spoiled, right? Like you get Tatis coming up. You get yep. De La Cruz for a little bit coming up. You get uh, Adley Rutschman coming up. You get all sorts of guys on a bunch of different teams. Um, Hey, yeah. Jeremy Pena for the Astros in yeah. his first year, right? Like, and then, that's yeah, what happens. And, then, and then sometimes it flips back the other way. League adjusts exactly. to you and you, you can't quite adjust back. I think the perfect example of, of what I think Camposano can be is the Houston Astros have a very similar example with Yiner Diaz and you know, Diaz mm-hmm. lit up the minor leagues. And then, you know, got off to a little bit of a rough start, sporadic playing time, like was trying to figure things out and, uh, definitely bat over glove. And now Diaz has been going nuts kind of at the same time mm-hmm. as Camposano. Uh, it, it's just one of those things. So I'm excited to see Campy continue to grow and especially behind the dish, because if he can continue to develop as 
even an average catcher back there, slightly above, like could be a really good piece for them. So yeah. uh, you'll get a Jonah That's Heim good. even, for example. I know he's glove first, but like Jonah Heim yeah. is having it all click at age 27. Like yeah, sometimes, exactly. sometimes it just goes down like that. Yeah, man. And it's crazy because you just don't want to give up on these guys. And I wrote for Just Baseball, your website, that is very good that everyone should check out. Um, like, I remember writing about how much the Campuzano situation reminded me of Yasmani Grandal, who yeah. once upon a time, now he's in the news for other reasons right now, but yeah. once upon a time, he was just a really good catcher. And what happened? The Padres got rid of him because, oh, he's not working with pitchers that well immediately literally i'm not making this up immediately listeners becomes an all-star with the dodgers and yeah. the rest is history has a couple good seasons with the white Sox. blah 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 and we won't we, we're not going to talk about the other stuff that's been happening yeah. uh with reports lately even though it is kind of funny in a certain sense and you also don't want to be uh off the top of my head like a, a jd martinez situation where that guy didn't get necessarily a shot with i think the astros I think it was yeah, the Astros around so much. <laughs> it was the Astros, I think. And then he gets bounced around, goes to the Tigers, blows up at age like 26, 27, whatever it was. And then he's now an all-star again for the Dodgers. Yeah. So it's really important not to give up on guys. And while all-stars are huge, I think that trading everybody all at once um, can kind of set you in a bad spot. And I'm really glad yeah. that they held on to him because they have yeah. St. Gary and then they just have a little cherry on top in Campuzano who's going to learn and get better. I love mm -hmm. that he's not in a position where he has to do too much and he's yeah. not being benched for Austin Nola, which I never yeah. understood. Uh, he's being benched because Gary's been great. So I think it's a great position. The Padres are in one of the very few things that has <laughs> gone super well for them this year. Um, but now we got to talk about also what else they did this year and whether or not it did go well. Cause I know zero things about what we're about to talk about. We're going to get into the farm system breakdown later. I know everybody loves the farm stuff, but we got to talk about the draft, mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen, the MLB draft, the, the highly prophesized draft, the highly regarded stuff. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But before we do that, got to shout out the homies over at Bird Dogs. I love these things. Talked about it before. Was at a Yankee game. Uh, unfortunately, at a Yankee game. <laughs> but it was against the Padres, so that made up for it. Uh, and then they lost to IKF, which made it worse. But uh, I wore my bird dogs that game and it was a hot day out and it's nice to wear something that kind of fits every environment. It keeps you cool. They're great. I recommend them to everyone. I recommend them to arm before we even started recording. They're great. Um, fit way better than regular shorts um, that are made of this stiff, you know, restricting type of cotton and what have you. Bird dogs. Also, they uses this anti stink sweat wicking fabric. It's a pretty crazy descriptor that keeps you cool and dry all day long. They're really fantastic, guys. You should go check them out. Um, go to birddogs.com slash MLB or enter the promo code LOCKDOWNMLB for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LOCKDOWNMLB or promo code LOCKDOWNMLB for the free hat. You won't want to take them off. We promise you. Over at Bird Dogs, great stuff. So shouts to them. And we're back, everybody, uh, here on the Lockdown Padres podcast. Don't forget to uh, throw us a, a subscribe on the YouTube. I forgot to mention that every week you could follow me at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and Aram at Aramlayton8. Uh, check that out. And also check us out on the SiriusXM app. Just type, type in Lockdown Padres and you'll find it. Uh, for better or worse, um, you'll, you'll find the podcast. So, Aram, let's talk draft, man. Yeah. Let's talk draft. Um, one of my favorite things is just again it, it's so funny how much like when you get older you realize that every we're all nerds in our own way 
really, when you think about yes. it. I'm a nerd about the video game stuff, and I love baseball too, don't get me wrong. And then Aram and the rest of the people over at Just Baseball too are prospect draft fiends. I'm hearing people I've never heard of before, and the chat blows up for like 20. I'm like, who's Dylan Cruz? Oh, who cares? I don't know anything about this. And then you start diving into it. It's really interesting. And I think for Padres fans who, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I don't necessarily care about the draft, well, the current Padres top prospect, Jackson Merrill, was drafted not too long ago. So yeah. this stuff does matter um, yeah. uh, very, 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 very much. Um, and Jackson Merrill might even be on the team soon uh, with how yeah. well he's been uh, playing and how highly he was regarded. So, Arm, let's talk about the draft uh, for yeah. the Padres. Like, what was your kind of overall, what are your overall thoughts, I think we should say, uh, with what they did? I thought it was an interesting one. And it, it's just kind of on brand with, with the Padres where – you know, where a lot of teams, you know, you can kind of see like now that it's on ESPN, you see like Kylie McDaniels, big board, here are the best players available. And it's the best players like, you know, it's similar to the way they do it with the NFL draft. Like ESPN obviously tried to duplicate that with baseball. Um, and I thought it was a cool production. The reason why I'm mentioning that, though, is that the Padres don't typically take one of the guys that's going to be labeled as the best player available. It doesn't mean he's not the best player available. It's just typically AJ Preller sees it a little bit differently. And there was a lot of people that were mm-hmm. scratching their heads at the Jackson Merrill pick. Uh, and, and even at the mm-hmm. time for me, I yeah. was, it was a guy that I hadn't seen much of. I didn't see how much power there would be in there. And I was kind of like, eh, like really? And they saved some money there. So they were able to kind of allocate it elsewhere. But they felt like they were buying stock on a guy that was just about to blow up. And sure enough, he fully blew up. He added strength right before the draft. Didn't really get to show that off. And the rest was history. And Merrill's going to be a top 10 prospect in our top 100 update. And, you know, it's a consensus top 30 guy, I think, no matter who you ask. When you look at this draft, I thought they did something similar, but like in a different way. Dylan Head was not somebody mm-hmm. that I think was I, I, a lot of people were looking at him as a late first round pick, but I don't know if he was being mocked at 25 to the Padres uh, very much. And, it's a profile that I think for some people they'd see risk. Most people would see risk. You see high school center fielder who's, you know, the wheels are the the calling card. But similar to Jackson Merrill, you watch this guy swing a bat and you're like, man, that's a pretty advanced swing for a teenager. That's a kid that mm-hmm. I think can make the transition into pro ball. And then you figure, okay, well, he's got crazy tools. He can play great defense in center field as he matures. If you believe in the swing, and we know Preller is just so good at the things beyond what, you know, every, everyone's talking about exit velocities and the, and the data and synergy mm-hmm. data that you can now get on high schoolers, how many times they swung and missed in the summer circuit. I think they look at all those things. <laughs> but I think there's a level of just like traditional scouting that the Padres knock out of the, just knock out of the park. And I thought Dylan Head was another one of those examples. A guy that wasn't big time on my radar. I start watching him a little bit more as the draft comes up. He starts flying up my board a little bit. The Padres take him. I get some video from the complex. I watch a little bit more. And I'm like, you can see it. You can see why they like him. So I thought that was a great start. They also saved a lot of money with that pick. So I think mm-hmm. they liked him. I genuinely think that they felt like he was one of the best players available for them there. And $2.8 million bonus at a $3.17 million pick value. They allocate that elsewhere to be able to go get some other pieces, which we'll talk about. Uh, I-, I thought this was a really fun, fun pick here. This guy's an 80-grade runner. And I think one of the best athletes, mm. if not the best athlete in the draft, cut from a similar CJ Abrams type cloth, maybe not as much physical projection, but a very similar cloth to Abrams. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that's, that's, that's great to hear. Right. And I think that with the pods, like 
like you mentioned, just the kind of scouting stuff and what Preller has been looking at. I got a lot of criticisms of Preller. Um, and sometimes I think he gets a little bit blamed too much um, for how the team's playing. I don't think it's his fault that they lose every extra inning game. But I think that with the assembling of talent, I mean, so every time I see these draft moves and people don't necessarily like the picks, my thing is it's almost like, you know how people have like this blind faith towards everything the Tampa Bay Rays do? Yeah. Um, where it's like, don't get me wrong, earned. I, I get it. I really do. But also not everything is money automatically. And I think that people maybe at some point I'm hoping we'll start to see, Hey, the Padres make a lot of these moves and then they go out and draft. And then all of a sudden they have a Jackson Merrill all of a yep. sudden they had, uh, I know, I don't know how he's regarded these days, but a CJ Wilcox and a, a Robert Hassel, like these guys that aren't flying off the board, not the people that I'm hearing tweets about. And then all of a sudden they're being talked about yep. now they end up getting traded most of the time, but I just think that that's uh, Preller's a scout at heart, I think. And I'm always really curious to see what he does every year. I mean, how about James Wood in the second round? And, yeah. and you know, but I think what's also interesting is who they choose to trade and who they choose to keep. I think mm-hmm. at the time of the deal, I'd have to go back and like really like look at the date and remember exactly where we were at. But I think there might have been some teams out there that would have preferred Hassel over Merrill or, you know, definitely mm-hmm. would have. Yeah. would have preferred you know, uh, some some of the prospects that they got. And and I think that there was a level of Preller wanting to keep Merrill, though, regardless. And there probably were some teams out there that preferred Merrill over some of the prospects that they traded. But mm-hmm. they knew what they had there. And, and I genuinely think it wasn't by chance that teams just didn't want Merrill. I do think that there was a legitimate chance that Preller knew what they – knew what he had in, mm-hmm. in, you know, somebody like a Jackson Merrill and moved the right guys. Hassel has struggled mightily. He was really good out of the gate, and they sold him at probably the highest uh, that he could be. He's got plenty of time, but that was the highest his stock has been in some time. Um, mm-hmm. Wood was a guy that they, for, by all accounts, everything I've heard, that were very reluctant to add into the deal. That's like the, yeah. the price you got to pay for a, for a Juan Soto type of thing. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like I think it's interesting. I, I think it's interesting that they didn't trade Camposano uh, because you could say, oh, they yeah. would have been selling low. I remember writing I, that too, yeah. I mm-hmm. don't I don't think they would have been selling that low. There's plenty of teams that would have taken a chance on him as just a, a mm-hmm. big league ready catching prospect with in a position where there's just not a lot of them. So yeah, I, I think yeah. they've done a great job, as you said. And and you know, I think there's an interesting approach to it. But I think Dylan Head is a guy that you're looking at the late first round, you're either gonna try to take a guy that, you know, higher floor college guy that you can fast track, but there weren't that many guys available there. They went with I think the guy that they thought was the best player available, and and you can see why some within the Padres organization are very excited about him because you blend the speed, you blend the field of hit and the ability in center. There's a lot of upside here. I'm excited to see him get challenged in full season ball once that time comes around, but he's off to a great start at the complex from what I've seen. Yeah. And absolutely. And a couple that with the Padres now, sometimes this going against them, shout out to Andrew Bogarts, not being cheap. Right. And they are going for all this talent. They get all their guys signed. We're not having a, um, um, no, What's the guy from Texas? A, a Kumar Rocker situation. Yeah, Kumar Rocker situation. Right? Like that doesn't seem to be happening, and everyone's getting paid, and they do their stuff, and you know the rest is up for debate. But I'm wondering who are some other guys. I'm seeing that they they drafted a Musgrove fella. Yeah, I did see. I, I, I did thought see that, that was interesting, and I'm like, I mean, we had good luck with the other one. So yeah. I'm wondering who are some other honorable mentions you think people should keep an eye on. That obviously they won't be relevant uh, for a little bit. 
uh, in terms of like the right now, especially for a team that's trying to compete now, but guys to keep an eye on for, you know, the off season and in spring training and all these, these leagues that you talk about. What do you think? Yeah, no, no doubt. You know, this is another example too here, like Cannon Kemp, they, they used the savings right-handed pitcher from Texas high school guy who he needed to have his price point met to, to forego his commitment to Oklahoma. And, uh, and being able to take Dylan Head and and save some of that money there, uh, they applied that to overslotting Cannon Kemp, which is an awesome name. It's Cannon with a K and Kemp with a K. So the, yeah. he gets six hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, six six righty. That I'm sure they saw something they really liked there as a power right hander and said, okay, so we saved some money with the guy that we liked at pick number twenty five anyways, and now we use those savings to overslot by nearly half a million dollars to get Cannon Kemp. And Kemp's really interesting to me. He's athletic. He's young. Uh, still 18 years old. I think there's some room for even more velocity, but he's already kind of sitting, you know, 93 to 94, uh, starting to touch 95. But it's a low effort. And with that big frame, I think he's going to start to tap into more and more velocity. I think they're betting on projection here. And similarly, like, we saw what what they were able to do to go get a Robbie Snelling. Obviously, that was an easier or earlier pick. Uh, but Snelling, athletic pitcher, some signability questions. They sign him. They draft him. They sign him. And now he's uh, one of the best left-handed pitching prospects in baseball. So we'll talk more about him in a second. But I, I think that this was a good way of you know being able to find a spot to overslot and and get somebody in Cannon Kemp. And then another guy that's interesting. I think the ceiling is is limited. Uh, but I do think he's a high probability big leaguer, which is, you know, all you can really look for in the fourth round is Homer Bush, Grand Canyon University. Get, he mm-hmm. played center field, can motor, uh, has projection in the frame. And I think that's what the Padres are betting on here because he was one of the better bat to ball guys in college baseball, right alongside Jacob Wilson at Grand Canyon. Never strikes out, puts the ball in play. The exit velocities were kind of meh, but he's 6'3, 200. And you're like, why are his exit velocities meh? So maybe there's something mm-hmm. that could be kind of, unlocked there tapped into he's got staying power in center field i liked that that bet there on somebody that's had success in college uh that has the baseline skill set and seeing if you can get something more out of it in the fourth round in the 128th pick so i thought those were two uh fun selections there and interesting ones that i i I wouldn't be surprised to see go very well for uh the padres as they kind of get their pro careers rolling here I'm a fan of those peripherals, man. I'm a fan. Sounds really cool. Now we got to talk about, just lastly, the overall farm system for the Padres, which we, we kind of already have talked about a little bit, but just give a more a deep dive into that. This is your specialty. This is the ultimate bread and butter. And we're going to talk about the top 100 just a tad bit, which you're releasing soon. But before yeah. we do that, folks, before we do that, I need to just give a quick shout out to Sleeper. Um, Sleeper app, go check it out. It's fantastic. I personally have used it a whole lot. Uh, for fantasy football, we've used it for fantasy football a whole bunch, and it's great. I even like the little cartoon people that they have that you can choose, and they fire at your opponent like a punch when your Cooper Cup scores a touchdown or whatever <laughs> have you, right? Um, but also, they also have daily fantasy stuff. And if you think you can predict who's going to get the right hits and stuff, well, they've got you covered from home runs to walks to strikeouts to strikeouts for hitters to you know, walks, whatever you want to do, you can do daily stuff just in case maybe you're like me. Um, I've been roasted before for this. I'm currently two and 14 in one of my fantasy baseball leagues. Not totally my fault. My friend said he was going to do uh, takeover for transactions and lied. And then all of a sudden 
no moves were made. But anyway, uh, don't worry. Sleeper is not responsible for that part. Get better friends. Sleeper is great. They're, they're better than my, my unreliable friend, let me tell you. Uh, but seriously, guys, go check it out. They have dynamic pay, payouts and what have you. I'm taking Juan Soto to get a hit tonight against Logan Gilbert because I don't care if his thing is walking. I like taking Juan Soto. It makes me feel good. And you're never going to regret that. Usually. Uh, usually, hopefully. And usually. at least if he gets walks, it'll be good for the Padres. And you guys are listening to this because you're Padres fans. So go check that out, guys. Use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And we're back, everybody, in the waning hours, the waning moments here of the Lockdown Padres podcast. Again, go check it out in the SiriusXM app. First listen every day, all that good jazz and what have you. Um, Aram, let's talk about the farm, man. What is yeah. good? Look, I, I just, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> and I think that it, I, I really struggle with farm systems in general and how how they operate, how they work, just how they how you can get the prospect farm stuff. Cause I see all these teams that don't necessarily have a high, have a high draft pick that are able to accumulate stuff. We mentioned the Rays earlier, just finding random people. You have texted me or in, in the chat in the middle of the night at points being like, I have never heard of this guy and the Rays he's thrown a hundred miles an hour. It happens sometimes, but I think with the Padres farm, what's so interesting is what we alluded to before. They make all these trades, Blake Snell, Mike Clevenger, Trent Grisham, you Darvish, Juan Soto, Adam Frazier, Mitch Moreland, I'll throw in there. What the heck, right? They make so many deals, and yet, all of a sudden, what I am hearing is that yeah. they're regenerate. They they take so many hits, they blow it up, and then they regenerate like they're Wolverine, man. Like, just almost yeah. instantaneously, almost. What is yeah. going on? Because I, I did not, I genuinely thought last year was the one where I was like, okay, our farm is going to be dead for a while. And all of a sudden... It's pretty respectable. So tell us yeah. about it. It's definitely, you know, a little bit top heavy as that would happen, you know, when you have a, yeah. a relatively weak farm system and you're strengthening it back up. But the top is phenomenal. And then some of the other pieces here that, you know, kind of slot into the top 10 are, are just players that they just did a good job of IDing and, and, and pushing the chips forward, right? It's not all underrated prospects. It's not all guys that they just – kind of found and sneakily picked up like i'd say the one guy that fits that bill is a nathan martarella who they picked up in the fifth round of 2022 first base prospect who's just raked at at every stop so far and is putting up great numbers in a very pitcher friendly environment there uh in in high a fort wayne but how about just the fact that your first round pick jackson merrill it just develops into not only everything you wanted him to be but you know already looks like one of the best shortstop prospects in baseball you pony up a ton of money for Ethan Salas and you could just mm -hmm. say oh yeah well they made him the highest paid international free agents sure go look at the history of international free agents yeah. the thing is when the Padres really like a guy they seem to to do make sure that they do well on it and Ethan Salas is 17 years old just turned yeah. 17 it's the left-handed hitting catching prospect who already looks like he could be one of the you know more advanced teenagers we've seen since like Wander Franco Obviously, he doesn't quite have the, the natural skill set that, that a Wander has, but he's already looking like he has the ability to, to stay behind the dish and play a decent defense there. The power is already slightly above average. His field of hit is incredible for a 17-year-old in low A. He was 16 in low A when the season started. Like, that's insane. Yeah. So 
those are two top 20 prospects that you hit on there. And then Robbie Snelling, that was a guy that I think some teams like high school lefty football player. He had Alabama offers. He had basically every power five offer, which is crazy as a linebacker. Uh, but that's a guy that they got in the comp a round. They weren't afraid to meet his asking price because they really believed in what he could be. And again, he's quickly become one of the best left-handed pitching prospects in baseball. So it's just those, I think getting the most out of the guys that you do pony up for is, is a big part of it. Yes. Of course you can be like the Rays and, you know, steal guys in the 12th round or $60,000 international free agents that, you know, end up turning into decent role players or decent pieces. Mm -hmm. But how about just nailing your expensive and big time acquisitions or draft picks or, you know, international free agent signings. I will say though, the one fun development from them has been uh, gyro Iriarte right-hander 21 years mm. old throws absolute gas. He's already reached mm. double a big time lift numbers. That's been kind of one of those guys that I, you know, didn't expect a ton from going into this year and they've clearly helped him, you know, really just take his, his stuff to the next level this season. That's one of those examples. But for the most part, I think it's just really drilling the guys that they really believed in and being right about it. Yeah. And look, it's, I mean, the Ethan Salas thing is crazy. I, I remember like just seeing some of the clips and he's got an OPS over 900, at least he did at the time. And it's like, oh, that's an A ball. It's like, yeah, but he's also 17 years old. And I, I sent a text. I remember being like, he's the Bryce Harper of catchers now. And obviously this was, this is an attempt at bait uh, because that's just what I do oftentimes. But the fact that there's actually some comps there uh, is pretty yeah. nuts. The fa- I just immediately, when I saw the age and obviously this is, this is not going to be a guy who's, unless we see something that's literally never happened before, not going to be relevant for the next like year uh, in terms of the Padres current plans and trying to win a championship, which yeah. is what they're currently in uh, for better or worse. But Again, it's it's really exciting that we have this Campizana St. Gary situation going on right now. And then they have this kid who is just we haven't seen someone progress this well in a while, especially for yeah. a really tough position to nail, it feels like in catcher. So no doubt. it's really exciting. And then I don't know if you mentioned him already, but you have Dylan Lesko, yeah, who I know has had a couple good streaks um going for him. And that's really important because I know the Padres had given up uh in the Josh Hader trade, they gave up a pitching prospect by Robert Gasser. Uh, who yeah. was kind of there at the time, their top pitching prospect. And all of a sudden now they've got, you know, Dylan Lesko and they've got Robbie Snelling. So it's like they're, and both those guys are regeneration that yeah. they do. And both those guys are better, you know, than, than Gasser at this point. In terms yeah. of like, Gasser just had a great start the other day, punched out 10 in AAA. But in terms of just mm-hmm. like prospect intrigue, he's better. Adam Mazur has been really interesting. Second round pick uh, in 2022. He looks really good is pounding the strike zone already. He's gotten up to double a now and, you know, is, is starting to have some success there. Like that's a guy that you could even say is, is maybe more intriguing than Snelling at this point with the command kind of mm-hmm. being there as well. Like Lesko and Snelling are top 100 prospect arms, you know, top 100 prospect talents. Mazer's a really solid arm. And then like guys like Samuel Zavala, that's another million dollar international free agent, 19 year old. Looks like he was really struggling early in the year. A big whiff has slowly just, gotten better and better and better and looks like he's settling in so kind of getting that guy right i think has been something that's really worked for them well um i have beef with with preller because he traded my buddy jackson wolf like right before i was gonna have him on the podcast so i was like all right like we'll, we'll, we'll do it yeah. a little later man um but you know, that that was another one like you end up using a, a guy that you drafted in what the fourth or fifth round uh as the centerpiece of a deal that gets you a couple guys that can hopefully help you win i know it's nothing crazy but 
that can probably help you mm. a little bit this year with Rich Hill and G-Man Choi. Like it, it's just, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's also the level of being able to scoop up some guys in those middle rounds that you can cash in as decent trade assets as well. So yeah. you don't have to deplete your farm all the time. Uh, and, and that's the thing is like, yes, he likes to be mm-hmm. aggressive. Does AJ Prower and then the Padres front office, but uh, he's also been able to preserve the Jackson Merrill's and some of the other guys because of how much talent they're able to accumulate and just in volume. Uh, and I think that's a big part of it as well. Um, mm-hmm. One other name that it, I, has also impressed me, not as much statistically, I think he has some some room to improve is is uh, Victor Lizaraga, but I would say he's kind of a notch below. Uh, I, I would say it's tier one, Snelling, Lesko, and then tier two's Mazer kind of in his own spot. And then it's, you know, kind of Lizaraga and some of the other guys. But I, I think it's really fun what they've been able to already build both on the pitching and position player side of things. It's also relatively balanced on both sides when you look at the top 15 prospects. Yeah, that's a really good thing. And I think what I'm curious to see happen is how the pitching side of things goes. Because if there's one criticism is that the Padres haven't developed, or at least maybe it's because they've traded them. So like Mackenzie Gore being an example, that they've, they haven't had like some of those guys come into the big leagues. Now I will say, Part of that is because everyone that they've developed in the farm hasn't seen the big leagues, obviously, very famously, the Padres' current team. Basically, every player... I'm counting Tatis, though. I don't care what anyone says. Outside Tatis is someone that they traded for. Um, yeah. I count Tatis because they traded for him when he was, like, 18. And I just... I count that as a farm prospect, and he, he's ours. Um, but with the rest of the guys, it's like, yeah, they don't exactly bring up... You know, Mornahon has been a miss. Um, uh some other guys, um, Ryan Weathers, Weathers now on your dumb. beloved Marlins. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he gets sent to, to Miami. Maybe they'll figure it out. He's got some talent or whatever. But, you know, they, they've had a little bit of trouble um, with bringing up some pitching prospects. So it's cool to see that at least it seems like they have some, especially since I mentioned with Gasser that they gave up one in the Josh yeah. Hader trade from last year. So it's really exciting, man. Yeah, the last thing I'll say is I just I see a change in the yeah. – yeah, so the last thing I'll say is I see a total change in the approach, which is much more athletic pitchers. I think they're going much more for the athletes on the mound. Mm-hmm. And I think that they've done a better job of IDing those types of guys and developing those types of guys. And I think that's what's going to kind of change the tides. I think it was they kind of bought into the, the stuff over everything. Um, and I think they're realizing with athletes now uh, on the mound, you can develop that stuff and, and have them repeat those mechanics. Uh, if you look at a lot of the arms they drafted in the past, it's like, flamethrowers and like let's see if their arms hold up and if they throw strikes and and all of the other mm-hmm. you know moving parts to it uh I, I think that they're approaching it a little bit better now and and i think that we're going to see some of these guys develop into good arms for the padres i do think the tide's going to turn there if they don't get moved yeah if they don't get moved and hey you never know. Uh, they didn't move them at this deadline. It wasn't really a buyer's market anyway. Uh, but who knows? Hey, I remember Castellanos and I, I think Chris Bryant, same free agent class. Everyone's like, you got to go sign one of those. They don't. And then Juan Soto becomes available. So you don't exactly know who's going to become available. I'm not saying this is the NBA. where like every player. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, you just never know. Unless <laughs> it's, it's just, Danny oh, Lillard. this guy's upset now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, listen, Damian Lillard. That like guys just can be available, but still, it's it's cool to keep your options open, and it's cool that if they do decide to go crazy this off season, I think based on what you're saying and what I've heard, uh, that they at least have some capital to be able to go oh, yeah. and get up some no doubt. impactful, crazy players at once. Even if it's not my preferred route at the moment, because I think we have plenty of stars. I don't know about you, but uh, regardless, you sir are a star. 
And again, everybody, thank you for listening to the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Um, Arm, before we kind of officially close out, uh, what do you got going on? I know you've got the 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 locked on. Hold on. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. I know. Uh, slipped up there. I'm, I'm used to the MLB Prospects podcast. Um, check that out, too. But for the top 100 by Aram over at JustBaseball.com, when can people expect that? And when can the Padres fans expect that they can go and do that screenshot, you know, of the blurb, and then they could send it to their friends and say, I told you, look at what they're saying here. When can yeah. people expect that? Yeah, I'm hoping end of this week. Um, you know, so this hopefully by the end of yeah, end of this week, I'm hoping that we can have it all done and ready to go. A lot of new features, detailed write-ups on all 100 prospects, video baked into there, data mm. that you know people don't have access to, so you can find a little bit Ooh. more information on some oh, of yeah. your favorite prospects or some of your team's mm-hmm. prospects. And um, yeah, really excited about that. I'm I'm trying to put the pressure on myself here to get it done by the end of the week, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, really excited to get that out. Padres will have several guys on there and two guys in the top 25. So. Uh, I, again, it just kind of shows you where they're at, at least at the top. Absolutely. And everyone go check out the call up. Great podcast. I listen to it, especially for Padres stuff and for some fun player interviews. Also just check out just baseball show, everything, just baseball. I wrote right over there as well. I'm going to be writing about Hassan Kim soon and then getting a little weird because this Padres season isn't going well. So I have to start writing about things that don't make me sad. Um, I guess until I do the the memoriam for this season that I'll probably end up doing in like a month or two at this rate. But everybody go check that out. And as always, remember, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.